Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by nobody. I am still, I am just now, we got Wi-Fi maybe a few hours ago. Um, I am recording this later or in the evening than I usually do, and I'm going to post this later in the evening than I usually do, uh, just because if I record too early and then something happens, the podcast that I recorded before that thing happened becomes completely useless. So here we are. Uh what we're going to do today is go over uh, some of the news around the NBA. We're going to go over some of the stuff that the Lakers were involved in, the stuff that uh, the Lakers were not involved in. Obviously, they haven't made a trade as of, I'm recording this at 9.30 uh, West Coast time uh, on, on Wednesday night. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just kind of talk about the trade deadline that the Lakers have had so far and why it shouldn't really surprise anybody that they've been fairly quiet. Uh, let's start with everything going on around the NBA because I feel like that's a bit of a tone setter for where the Lakers would be trying to make a deal. Unfortunately for the Lakers... They have depleted assets. They made all they they made that trade for Anthony Davis and don't have very much to be able to offer up in any kind of a trade. So the guys that the Lakers have been kind of uh, connected to or rumored to be interested in, Andre Godala, either Marcus Brother, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dennis Schroeder, all of those guys that uh, Derek Rose was another guy. Uh, all of those guys that that the Lakers would be interested in are going for above what the Lakers would be able to pay. Even Andre Iguodala went for uh, Justice Winslow, and and that's an insane. Like when you consider Winslow's a former lottery pick, he's dealt with some injury problems. But and and you know if you want to if you want to split hairs between him and Kuzma, then fine, we can go down that route. But but overall. Like the Lakers didn't want to include Kyle Kuzma in a trade, especially not one for Andre Iguodala when they thought they could get him uh, on the buyout market. And lo and behold, that's not how things went out, right? So uh, I, I I think where we're at right now with the Lakers, and you know, not to harp too much on this because Anthony Davis is really really good, and we've been over this topic, I don't know, roughly thirty three zillion times uh, since the trade, but. This is why we were kind of annoyed that the Lakers, it's not that they overpaid uh, in a vacuum, right? You can't overpay for uh, Anthony Davis. He's just, he's that kind of all time great player that if you can get your hands on him, there is no price that, you know, you look back on and you say, ah, man, I really wish we wouldn't have included Josh Hart, you know. Um, but if you, if you look at it from the standpoint of, any assets that any extra assets that the Lakers sent out in that trade that they may not have had to, well, those assets could have been used in a trade this week. And you know the Lakers do have holes in their roster. They they really needed Andre Iguodala to hit the buyout market because they need a wing defender. Uh, that's why they're interested in either Marcus brother or, or either Morris brother. Uh, it, 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 where where the Lakers are at right now, they need another point guard, and and it looks like Darren Collison is going to make his decision after the All Star break now, which you know it's fine. It's only another 
week or so. But still, that's that if he if he decides not to sign with the Lakers, that leaves the Lakers pretty high and dry in terms of ways that they can improve their roster uh, and not need to rely on Rajon Rondo as the year goes on. So, you know, all this is to say, you look at the deals that were made. You had the huge blockbuster that sent Robert Covington to Houston. Uh, if I were a Nuggets fan, I'd be livid, right? Because not only did they not get a guy that they probably really need in Covington, they need a wing defender, a bigger wing defender, to be able to defend uh, LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, etc. But not only do they not get that guy, but they hope another team and another contender potentially get him. That seems a little weird. If I were a, a Rockets fan, I'd be pissed about their the trade that they got, even though they got Covington, because... Well, it looks like Fertitta is not that interested in competing or doing everything that it possibly takes to compete. Uh, the the team that I think walks away from that feeling the best is probably Minnesota, uh, because they get to move on with their with their you know decade long rebuild now, probably going on more than a decade. Uh, and and but you know they get a few extra pieces to to kind of solidify that those efforts, and you know hopefully. Carl Anthony Towns doesn't doesn't get sick of being in a in a decade plus long rebuild. Um, you know, you, you look around Atlanta trades for Dwayne Dedman, which you know I don't think the Lakers were all that interested because they have already a very loaded front court and they didn't want to have to give up anything or take on money heading into next year. So uh, you know that was never really on the table for them. Uh, and and you can just keep on going on down the line, and you look at the kind of players that the Lakers could really use, could have really used, and you know they were never really in on many of them. Now look, look I'm recording this right now. It, it now it's a five minutes later <laughs> since since I announced the time I was recording uh, earlier, but. As of right now, the the guys that the Lakers would really be interested in, they don't have the assets to be able to trade for those guys, and that kind of goes back to why did they why did they push so many more chips into the middle of the table than any other team that was competing for Anthony Davis at the time? That's what the where the frustration comes from. Uh, but still, as things currently stand, the Lakers are still at the top of uh, the Western Conference. They still. Uh, could improve just in-house by, you know, ironing out a few things and could, you know, could could really still pull off something here in, in, the, in the 11th hour and then will obviously be very active come buyout season. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the, the guys that whose names did come up in in trade talks and and where some of that information might have been coming from even though that's kind of a sketchy uh path to to walk down but we'll we'll do our best to to keep things uh intellectually honest and 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 not you know kind of <laughs> not libel the reporters who who are reporting these things uh but we'll we'll uh we'll we'll look after what the Lakers might be looking to do at the end of the trade deadline here and and uh, what it might mean if, if nothing really happened. Today's show is brought to you in part by the Arizona Board of Tourism. Uh, the Dodgers just pulled off an incredible trade. They land Mookie Betts to pair with Cody Bellinger to play with Corey Seager, who will be healthy. Justin Turner will... will 
I believe, still have another year, prime uh, year or two left, and they're all going to be out there in Arizona. They're all going to be playing there in spring training, and they will be offering, you know, the the kind of access that you don't normally get uh, as baseball fans. So uh, check out the Arizona spring training. You got the Cactus League out there. If you aren't into baseball, you got hiking, food, music, drinks, stuff for children, uh, golf, any number of things that could that could keep you busy over a weekend or a week, however long you want to go. Uh, visit You got to go to visitarizona.com slash spring training. Again, that's visitarizona.com slash spring training. Go check out the new Dodgers. All right, so let's start with the names that came up in trade talks today and uh, what I made of each of them. Uh, from what I saw, you had Alex Caruso. A lot of teams were interested in him. You have, obviously, Kyle Kuzma has been at, at, at the center of trade, trade talks basically since the season started. And for some reason, Danny Green, uh, though that was more of a – that felt like more of a – I guess you could include him. Then it was like a hardline report. This is what the Lakers would be thinking about doing. Um, let's start with. I'm going to start with Caruso, um, and and you know I kind of made a joke when that report surfaced that there are several teams that are interested in in Caruso. That like the, the Lakers are sitting there like wondering why, <laughs> given given. Uh, how little they've used him over the last three years, but he's a super useful, low usage, uh, defensive-minded point guard that any team would love to have coming off of their bench. And uh, the the Lakers now, to the credit, haven't made a mood on, move on him. Uh, there was that weird report that wasn't really a report from uh, George Sedano that that apparently. Some people in the league had been talking about a Rose for Caruso trade. I wouldn't even make that, honestly, because I I, I really think you need Caruso's defense uh, at, for, for portions of the game. And I, I also think, you know, the fact that there there are a couple ways you could take Car- the, these these rumors about Caruso specifically and, and where they might be coming from. It might be the Lakers kind of uh, looking to improve his or their leverage with Caruso if they're trying to include him in a trade to get more help elsewhere. Uh, it could be that, you know, the Lakers are, are, you know, if they are going to move him, it won't be for a lot of the uh, pieces that that they have been offered to this point. So they're just saying, look, guys, here's the number of teams that are interested in him. Uh, let that show you that you're not going to get him for for nothing. And and you know what it might also just be the fact that like Caruso's agent wants it known that he is wanted around the league so that, you know, he can kind of remind the Lakers, "Hey guys, he should probably be playing more than he has uh throughout the season." It could be any number of things. And and what I kind of took from it was for one thing, again, he didn't get moved, so there's no need to panic. But I do hope that the Lakers recognize, like, it depends on some, which team is actually really interested in, in Caruso. So, like, if the Spurs are interested in him, you say, huh, they're a smart team. We probably shouldn't trade him away. But if it's, like, you know, if it's, like, the, the Wizards or the Bulls or, 
you know, the the Bobcats, right? And and they're interested in Cruz, so they should say, huh? Hmm. We'll just pretend that didn't happen, right? <laughs> uh, and so, so I kind of we'll see where where those talks wind up. Again, it was it was it felt like a throwaway. There were two reports. There was one that specifically listed uh, Alonzo Trier of the New York Knicks that a conversation was started, but it didn't seem to get very far. And both teams have kind of moved on. And then obviously the the other one was that you know several teams are are interested in in Caruso. So. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I don't. I don't think anything is gonna. I hope nothing really comes of it, unless it's a significant upgrade elsewhere on the roster. Obviously, Kuzma has been at the center of uh, trade talks for again for basically this entire season, and you know the 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 problem that the problems that Pete and I have spoke spoken specifically about with moving Kuzma is that. If you move him, it means you have to add more money to him to get any, you know, the kind of piece back that makes it worthwhile to trade away Kyle Kuzma. And, you know, we saw that uh, literally happen with the Knicks, where the Lakers are interested in Marcus Morris, but they know that if they're going to get Morris, it's going to take more is. Uh, to to land him, and and if they are going to do that, then you know the uh, the names that they would have to include really kind of hurt. And you know the name that was brought up in in passing there was Danny Green, and it made everybody who has paid any attention to the NBA over the last few years kind of want to like scratch their head. What what the hell is? <laughs> why would the Lakers trade Kuzma and Danny Green for Marcus Morris? You know, and, and Morris is having a good year, but what? What? <laughs> so, so it, actually, Harrison had a, a funny joke in Slack, and and hopefully he isn't listening because I'm I'm going to use this on the air. But he said that like Danny Green just kind of lobbed his name out there to a reporter so that he can talk about how tough uh, trade rumors are on his next podcast. I didn't make that joke. Somebody else did, but it's a good joke. Uh, so I, I I I still think though, as we've been talking about all along here with Kuzma. It's going to be really hard for the Lakers to find a a player who is worth giving up Kuzma for, not just in terms of the type of player that Kuzma is, but also what they consider, what the Lakers consider Kuzma to be worth. And with where they are right now, uh, I, I just don't I don't see that kind of value coming back, especially when you consider the financial aspect of this, which is already very complicated, as evidenced by those previous reports. And then, obviously, like I said, I, I joked about Danny Green there. Uh, I don't think he's getting moved. Uh, look, as we have said all along, if a if a trade involving the Lakers actually takes place, it's probably going to be much smaller than we think, and. And it won't be the kind of thing that that people have been reporting on uh, throughout the the week. So, we'll we'll again. I I know you guys probably hate it when I say we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But that's that's literally all we can do. Uh, what we're going to do is move forward with this show and talk about what it might mean if the Lakers don't make a trade and and kind of how to read between the lines here uh, on the reports thus far. So, 
what does it mean and where do the Lakers go if they don't make a trade this 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 uh, trade deadline season? What it would mean is that, like we have been saying all along, the Lakers look at their current situation, recognize that in order to make a trade happen, they would probably have to move multiple parts of their rotation. And as such, given the situation that they're currently in, don't find it worth it. I would agree with that stance. And where do they go? Well, they hit the buyout market. And, you know, I talked about Darren Collison earlier. Uh, some of the names that got moved today, probably most of the names probably aren't really going to get bought out. I don't know if that actually changes much in terms of the, the what the buyout market might actually look like. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think we should probably really keep a close eye on Charlotte. They have uh, Michael K. Gilchrist. They have uh, Marvin Williams. They, they have some guys that, you know, might get bought out. You have other, you know, teams. You had a ton of big trades with with a lot of names being involved in them. I think literally setting a record with one that that Houston trade. I think literally set a record. So you'll you'll have some teams scrambling to open up roster spots, and maybe they'll waive or buy out a player here and there. So the the, the buyout market is going to get kicked off, and the Lakers are really going to be interested in that if they don't if they don't make a move here. Uh, Iguodala being off the board hurts. That was somebody that I think the Lakers. I don't know if they were necessarily banking on landing Iguodala, but he was certainly in their kind of penciled in plans. And where they go now that he isn't going to be one of those options, that remains to be seen. If you know, it. I don't think. I don't think you'll have any kind of earth-moving difference maker added come buyout season outside of Darren Collison. And 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 really, Collison wouldn't normally be available if not for his early retirement and then and then a change of mind there. So I don't know if, you know, the Lakers would normally, you know, this is pretty unique situation here for the Lakers. And, and hey, if, if they are able to add Collison and, and, and that's the only move that they make, you could make a really good point here that they had the best uh, trade deadline or, or, or they've had the best season uh, personnel-wise of just about any team out there uh, once the season got started. Now, it's also worth keeping an eye on, you know, are the Clippers going to be able to add a Morris? Uh, are they, you know, are, are, is, are, is Denver going to be able to, to add Drew Holiday? Though the word on Holiday right now is that he is likely not to be moved right now. So, you know, for for in terms of the ways that the Lakers, if they weren't going to be able to pull off, you know, a Kuzma for a Bogdan Bogdanovich type of heist, if that wasn't on the table for them, then, you know, I think this trade deadline has probably done or gone about as well as they could have possibly hoped. I don't know if Houston actually improved you know, in terms of the net, the net gain by turning basically Capella into uh, into Robert Covington. Now, it, it depends on the other rim protection and and lob threat that they replace him with. But as of right now, I don't, I don't, I don't think Houston got as as they aren't undeniably better, and they they moved a lot to not get 
undeniably better. And for the Lakers, that's a good thing. That's a that's a title contender, finals contender more. I don't know if they're a title contender, but they're, uh, they're a finals contender, a legitimate playoff contender that didn't really get better. Denver, same, I, I would maybe make the argument that Denver got worse. They, they probably, now maybe they get better because they have fewer guys who are expecting to play, and by shortening the rotation, they, they start to kind of hit a groove more. But given their injury concerns, is that really even a good thing right now? I don't know. I don't and then, you know, the other teams, the the Clippers haven't really made a move quite yet. I do think they're uh, going to be the team to watch tomorrow and all day today by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, but so long as they stay put, the Lakers have to like their chances. So long as, again, Darren Collison actually winds up wearing purple and gold. I can't say winds up in L.A. because, you know. But if, if, if Collison does come to the Lakers, they got... Uh, better at a in a department that they desperately needed to get better and probably made the most net you know in terms of just uh gains over losses they made the largest net improvement over any team that was involved in this trade deadline is that going to be enough to put them over the top against the clippers against the milwaukee bucks i don't know but all you can do is uh, kind of compare your moves against the competition. And as of right now, I, you'd be pretty hard-pressed to say that the Lakers aren't still either as good, if not better situated, than just about any other team in the league. Especially, again, when you consider the teams that the Lakers will be vying for moving or, 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 or going to be competing against moving forward, they didn't get better. Uh, so, so that's... You know, that's what the Lakers were hoping for if they weren't themselves going to get um, measurably and, and definitively better. And now, in terms of, you know, if if the Lakers if the Lakers don't get Collison, what do their options become then? A lot of prayer. <laughs> a lot of prayer, a lot of hope. Uh, but, but, but. You know, let's not let's cross that bridge when we get there. And again, it's it's only a week away when he's supposedly making his decision. And, you know, for those of you who are wondering why he might be approaching things like this, he might want to be in game shape as soon as he signs a dotted line with a team. And then he wants to go through all of this personnel movement period to make sure that wherever he signs, because he's, he's probably going to want to get another contract after this year. So I think he's going to make sure that wherever he signs, well, if if he signs somewhere and then he signs that it, with that team before the trade deadline passes, and then that team goes out and trades for a player at his position, that puts him in a worse spot to be able to get his next contract. So what he's probably doing right now is just kind of standing by and waiting to make absolutely sure that wherever he goes, that team doesn't improve at his position and he doesn't have as much or any uh, competition whenever he shows up. And, you know, if we're going to connect the dots here, that sets up the Lakers pretty well to be able to make the case to to Darren Collison, hey, uh, our only point guards right now, right now are Rajon Rondo and Alex Caruso, and you know, we're playing Avery Bradley out of position to make it work. Do you want to come in here and play 25, 27 minutes a night 
this is the place that you get to do it. Oh, and by the way, we have more money to offer than any other team that you might be talking to. Uh, so, you know, and, and then the other thing to, to keep in mind here is the longer Collison waits into the season uh, to make a decision, the Lakers still have that DeMarcus Cousins uh, injury exception to be able to, to sign him to, to, to be able to offer uh, Darren Collison. And because of that, that, allows them to pay Collison more than the uh, just regular veterans minimum. And the longer into the, you know, the further into the season that he waits, the the larger the gap between the veterans minimum, the prorated amount of the veterans minimum that he would be getting and the amount that he would actually be receiving from the Lakers, that, that, that gap continues to widen. So I don't think there was anything that I saw yesterday that was worth losing my mind over uh though you know to be completely honest with this giant move and now recording essentially in a closet uh i don't think i can really lose my mind any further i don't think it's uh, my, my mind is pretty much shot at this point anyway but for right now i think the lakers are sitting pretty well uh and and don't have to make any kind of knee-jerk type of trade to be able to to have to keep up with any of their competition. And and that's all that matters. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to my rambling. Pete is back tomorrow. We will be talking after the trade deadline. If something monstrous happens, because I have shows to make up for anyway, if something monstrous happens, I will record an immediate, uh, an immediate reaction type podcast. And then Pete and I will record later Uh, to be able to sum everything up. But for right now, you know, we'll see see where, where we're at when we wake up in the morning. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.